welcome. Welcome to the best idea of all time. It's a podcast where we watch the movie Carol every week for a year. It is week 30? Week 30. Okay, I am Laser. I'm Alice, and today we have a special guest. You know him from his amazing band, Charlie Bliss, or more important to this podcast, you know him as a voice actor who is on Kim Possible. We have Spencer Fox. <laughs> hey, what's up? <laughs> well, we're so happy you're here. So we, you tweeted that you wanted to start a podcast about Carol, and then we were like, well... We, you, we we have a good training wheels for you. <laughs> yeah. Just on a podcast about Carol. Like a shockingly pure moment to come of 2022 <laughs> internet. You know, like mm. yes. it was a real sort of like dreams do come true sort of vibes. Sure. Yeah. I'm so glad. Uh, what Can I ask what inspired that tweet? Were you just hanging out thinking about Carol? Um, as I often do. Yeah. I, I actually mm-hmm. was... I just had like, I think like 20 minutes to kill before I was going to meet a friend. And I just decided to watch the first 20 minutes of Carol. Um, And it just, I don't know. There are certain things that I, that bring me such joy that when I'm thinking about them, I like, I like bubble over and like it, I need to vocalize it somehow. Mm -hmm. And like, you can bet that that night I was just talking about Carol at the bar (laughs) And then this tweet manifested because I was just like in my room just being like, this is, this is, it's insane how happy this is making me right now. Like (laughs) I, I, I was, I was vibrating with, with joy and, and, and like calmness. Like I was so, it was so serene uh, that the the tweet just manifested from pure emotion, really. That's wonderful. I want to say, I also want to say thank you to, to my friend, Andrea. Who pointed out? Who pointed it out? Yeah, and I think yeah. First, call, first call attention to this. Amazing assist. That is how we want this podcast to be viewed as, like you know, a, a harbor, a safe harbor for for Carol lovers who have been um, in rocky waters for so long. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> finally, finally, we can discuss Carol in peace. Oh, absolutely. Well, welcome, welcome to the best idea of all time. We love Carol here. We talk about Carol props. You've already noticed Alice is wearing a Carol, a, a, a Therese replica hat. Just yeah. outstanding. I wasn't ready for it. Like it, it, it quite <laughs> literally winded me to see my, the first thing I saw when I opened mm-hmm. up the chat is the, the iconic hat and mm-hmm. my, my goodness, what a joy it is. Yeah. yeah we we got to send you a live, laugh, Carol shirt. I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh that is that is so horrible and so good oh yeah i have a little richard sticker on the back of my phone (laughs) where he's going you made me buy boat tickets yeah so why richard why a richard sticker oh it's just my favorite scene in the movie where he goes (laughs) it's listen well we clearly have so much to discuss because i i am baffled i'm (laughs) baffled very very quickly here's here's our merch store we have (laughs) carol We've got bumper stickers. We've got, we've got other shirts. Yeah. Oh, I, I can't help you with that. Stop it. Yeah. We, we, we like Carol a lot. So how do you, what, tell me about, tell us, tell us about your intro to, uh, to Carol. Spencer. Yes, absolutely. Um, okay. So I was thinking about this. I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to like think of the best way to provide a bridge to the, my introduction to Carol. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily a weird story, but it requires some explanation. Um, And I feel like the best sort of analogy to get you there is, are either of you all on TikTok? Familiar. Okay. Yeah, he is. I I am not. Got you. (laughs) There's this one TikTok going around right now where it's like, you know, somebody taking a video of their partner sleeping and it being like, 
I always wondered why they always fall asleep whenever they come over. And that's when I realized it's because they feel so comfortable around. And it's supposed to be this cute thing of like people's significant others being really sleepy around them, blah, blah, blah. And so the first time I tried watching Carol, I fell asleep within the first 20 minutes. (laughs) That's wonderful. It is because it almost immediately lulled me into this state of just like coziness and like Mm -hmm. warmth. And like the the beginning, it's all so gauzy and the snow and it's winter in Manhattan, which is like very near and dear to my heart. So like, I think I was just made to feel so comfortable that I Mm. fell into a deep slumber and I slept through the entire (laughs) thing. (laughs) Okay, great. So have you seen more than the first 20 minutes of, because I've heard of two times you've watched Carol and both times you didn't get past the beginning. Do you know that they're gay? Is that what you wear? <laughs> they're what? <laughs> I thought it was about Christmas carolers. No, um, I've seen the movie probably like five or seven times. Amazing. Great. Yes. That's awesome. So I'm a yeah. really, really big fan. I would say since seeing it for the first time and I th- it was either 2018 or 2019, I've mm-hmm. definitely watched it multiple times every year. Mm-hmm. it's great do you usually watch it on the holidays or do you watch it i guess you've watched it recently in july so no yeah <laughs> i actually i got i got i got some flack for watching a movie such as this in in the warmer months because people are very mm-hmm. adamant that carol is a christmas movie which yes. oh my god it is mm-hmm. but i would argue that carol is for rain shine snow mm-hmm. heat wave it it it, it yeah. does it all what range? Maybe, maybe maybe every week for a year, which is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I wonder. Do, do, do y'all know a thing or two about <laughs> oh, watching a lot of Carol? Lot. Yeah, yeah. We're trying. We're trying to get to the you know the be the people that have watched it the most, and I think we're gonna over overcome Todd pretty soon. I yes. feel like. Yeah, I can't <laughs> imagine anyone watching it more than you two. Mm-hmm. Well, and still yeah. remaining like somewhat positive and sane. It helps to be a, to to talk to people like you because yes. oh, I love. I, so so what? Um, tell me about like your relationship with each of the characters in the film. Like what what when you were at the bar the other night, uh, r- ranting about how much you love Carol. Like what are the <laughs> things? How do you sell it to people? What do you love about? It? I mean, I think like, you know, it's so it's so simple. Um, mm-hmm. it goes down so easy. Like like it. I couldn't like. Time dissolves when you're watching Carol. Like it, it could be five hours long. It could be 20 minutes long. Like time just dissipates because it's so, it puts you in like a suspended state because of A, how beautiful it is. B, how like deeply like human all of the characters are, even though they are sort of, sort of these like heightened, very dramatized versions of people. There's still something that's so like innately human about ev- like every single character. And I love how like, they didn't skimp on a single, like, I felt like none of them, none of the characters were sold short. Like, they all mm. were very, very thoughtful and all had good moments and bad moments and were clearly, like, fully people and not just, you know, devices, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say the way that I, like, sell the movie is it is, like, being like wrapped in a blanket and, like, hearing someone, like, play the French horn. Like, it's just, like, it's so... <laughs> And everyone's voice kind of has this like muted trumpet sort of energy to it where they like yeah. 
everyone kind of, it's kind of just talking like this. Like, it's like, it's kind of like <laughs> in a nasally register, but. Over here. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alice has a soundboard. Are, do you, are there any lines, CD? Nice. 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 God damn it! <laughs> Sorry, that one's loud. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Harge is more of like a, a timpani than he is a French horn. Yeah, sure. Yeah. The Symphony of Carol, I love. I love your yes. your description of this, mm-hmm. the beautiful music of this movie. Very yeah, cool. and and as I said in the tweet, just the two of them have such just like otherworldly on screen chemistry, which I feel like is a a dying breed, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like the writing could have been real bad in this movie, and it could have been carried on just the fact that like I just want to watch the two of them eat eggs over cream spinach for two hours <laughs> yeah they'd be very sick to their stomachs that, that would be oh god <laughs> we, we, we tried made, we tried we eating made eggs it. And cream. it was so much cream it's not like it's not that good yeah, yeah you need like some sort of like acid there to cut through you need that's, a dry martini the, yeah the martini <laughs> with the olive is there for <laughs> you need a dry martini and some some riveting conversation more only moreover that was their lunch that wasn't like a dinner where they could go take a nap afterward no Teresa had to go back to work <laughs> wait do, do either of y'all watch Mad Men I have I've watched Mad Men yes yes yeah. uh, there's like a scene where like Don Draper and Roger Sterling who are two the two like kind of hot shots at the advertising agency basically have this sort of contest to see like which like which one of them is like more man and it sort of like turns into like an a weird eating competition where the two mm-hmm. of them are just like downing martinis and like oysters rockefeller and stuff like that and i just feel like in that time period people were just like eating like maniacs and then going to work yeah well they were all on uppers all the time too right like that oh, was the thing yes. that everybody was kind of on meth kind of do we think therese was 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 on uh some some yeah. meth i don't know i think by the end of the movie definitely once she once she started working at the new york times <laughs> drinking some of that original coca-cola if you know what i mean <laughs> if you know what i'm saying yeah but i i find it i i find it really interesting because um you're absolutely right about the chemistry between the two of them i think sometimes lesbian movies especially or movies where women are loving women they they fall apart because the two leads don't have chemistry and 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 they're just trying to sell it on the fact that it is just two queer women but i really think mm. this movie in particular like you take two actors who we believe as far as we know to be straight and can have that level of chemistry and that that sort of intense relationship that forms very fast much like it does in the movie um it it's it's it it comes together in a way that i think is why this movie is so special yeah, and it's like it's so interesting because like I I don't know I've obviously been thinking a lot about Carol since y'all asked me to be on and, and like if someone sat me down and was like okay so like you say that they have good on screen chemistry like why I don't like I don't know where I would even start like I do think like it is mm-hmm. just it's just there like they both just brought that into the room and I think that's also it's, it's so quiet, cool that time- intense breathing at yes. each other. <laughs> breathing at each other <laughs> the conversation of heavy breaths yeah i mean Kate planchet you she could just she can turn her head and smile and you will do anything in the world for her i think i think yeah. like she just turns that on no matter like no matter when what she's in but i also think that rooney mara really brings this like intense sense of wonder and like obsession mm. with that 
in terms of like especially during the course of the the first half of the movie at least she's falling in love with carol like but in in the meeting in the in the department store and then in the lunch scene and then when she goes to visit her house with her just like how she gets completely swept away you see that i just feel like you see it on her face even more so than in necessarily in her line readings and things and it's such a it's such a deep performance it is and it's crazy how sparse the dialogue is when you're really paying attention to it it's like you could probably like very easily count the actual lines that they say to one another like it's it's Mm -hmm. it's very impressive yeah absolutely do you have a favorite character Oh man. <laughs> um yes. Okay, wait. Who okay. What's the name of the character who gets Therese the job at the Times? Danny McElroy. Danny McElroy. Danny's brother is my oh, favorite Phil. character. <laughs> my brother, the jerk uh, philosopher. My kid brother, the jerk philosopher. Dude. All right, we got we got to talk. We got to yeah. we got to have a powwow. <laughs> yeah. We got to have a conversation real quick. Okay, yeah. All right. Imagine you have found out that you are getting cast in this in this poem of a movie, this watercolor painting of a movie. And your character's dialogue is made up entirely of like vaudeville like punchlines. <laughs> I would never get over that ever. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> That's do you, very do you, fair. Do you think he took that to his next like audition for a role? It's just like it's just like yeah. it's just like a cameo or like a like a one liner under five mm-hmm. on like Abbott Elementary. So as I says to him, I says, yeah. <laughs> I hold on. You just said cameo, and I would absolutely love it if he was on cameo. But the only thing he would do would be like, ah, it's my friend Alice of the birthday girl or something. And like that's the only thing he would. Do. My friend Alice, the jerk podcaster. Oh my god. <laughs> amazing it has to be weird to be in a movie like this which is so important in a very specific way and have absolutely nothing to do with that oh my god like even even you know like Therese's boss you know mm -hmm. the like the awful woman in the department store she played all about her yeah oh we could talk (laughs) that's a whole other story her character had significantly less lines but somehow has so much more dignity than the brother (laughs) she's she's amazing she's like an instant favorite and also just like um i follow her on instagram she's a pilates Pilates instructor in upstate new york she's Um, she's todd haynes's sister-in-law and she also had a cami she also had a small role in far from heaven which is this other 1950s like period piece um oh my god Yes, we love her. her love the her. character's name is Roberta. You don't know that from the movie. It's in the script, and it's it's, it's a character in the in the novel that the the, the movie is based on. But um, we 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 absolutely love her. I love like I always love pointing out if you if you watch the scene where <laughs> Therese is getting a phone call, she 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 looks so put out when she asks her for a piece of paper, and then when she hands her the piece of paper, she like snaps her elbow back, like like <laughs> so good. It's just so it's such a perfect character i mean every yeah. every morsel of this movie is delicious oh mm-hmm. every it's yeah it's entirely comprised of delicious morsels um my question mm-hmm. is okay in the scene where therese asks for the pencil and paper roberta's yeah. reaction would indicate that therese is supposed to have a pencil <laughs> and paper you know it has all the energy of like asking your teacher for like a a, a, pe- a pencil or something 
And it's yeah. like, that's not what her job entails. She sells mm-hmm. dolls to grown women. <gasps> Why does she need to have a pencil and a paper? That reaction is so uncalled for. I think she she's has so she brings that energy to everything she does at work. Like she's she's like that in the <laughs> two earlier vibe. scenes that you see her in. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. I also love that when she she calls Therese over, she just she does this like and points, <laughs> and someone else is just immediately there. <laughs> like she runs a tight so, ship, and, and I think and, yeah, she has she has this well oiled machine, and if anything is not perfect, like she mm. everything just if everybody did just everything right, you know, it would be fine. But then something happens, like the phone rings, and it's like, well, this isn't what I planned for, so fuck everything. This is <laughs> fuck bullshit. Everything. I'm out of the here. How I love her. dare you? How dare you get a phone call ever? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I want a good. spinoff of uh, <laughs> Danny's brother and Roberta, okay. and they're on mm-hmm. the same road trip as Carol and Therese, <laughs> but they're just doing like their bits. So like oh Roberta's God. mean about everything. And Danny's brother is just giving his line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my department store floor manager, the <laughs> <laughs> Roberta, the jerk department store manager. <laughs> uh, I'm so here for that. That sounds great. Huge. Absolutely. I'm watching. Um, I'm watching. Spencer, you are a, music- a musician. Um, yeah. What do you think of the music in the film? It's, it's I, I was thinking about that so much. I, so I watched it um, mm-hmm. again on, on uh, Friday. And I was thinking about the music a ton. Um, just because there is sort of like a recurring theme, which I mm-hmm. always think is very interesting when a score relies heavily on repeating a specific melodic phrase. I think that's like such a choice by uh, you know, a composer and a director. Um, mm-hmm. And I really liked it, but uh, musically, it's so similar to Succession, the Succession mm. theme. And I couldn't stop thinking about that. Uh, <laughs> my, my girlfriend and... was saying today it sounds almost exactly like the Truman Show music also. Mm. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think those are like it, a lot of scores use that similar like chord structure. It's got a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. It's got a lot of notes, let me tell you. Yeah. But I think, yeah. It's, yeah. I think it's beautiful. I think... Uh, and the 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 songs that they curated are are perfect. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, you'd be hard pressed to find something about this movie where I'm like, oh, that was bad. <laughs> Fair um, yeah, I one thing I noticed while I was watching it today was the 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 theme or they replayed the theme while they're in the in the lovemaking scene. Whereas I feel like a lot of movies oh. would have something else to soundtrack that, but it's actually the it's like the the Carol and Therese love theme. Basically, they just wow, use that again. That's... That's an amazing observation. Yeah, and you know, like, that has to be, that had to have been such an extensive conversation to choose to use the opening theme again during, you know, sort of the, like, what everything's been building up for. Um, yeah. God, yeah. What I mean, what did you think? Did you did you think it's that, that was a wise choice? I, I do. I guess I have, I've always been so captivated by the visuals that I, I oh my it, God. it's taken me 30 watches to really even notice that. <laughs> But I, I appreciated it because I think like it 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 goes back to the theme of the two of them really being so like I don't want to say faded for each other, but the, the, their relationship being so intense and like that is mm. one of the the key points. Like that scene, the the department store scene, the, the the end of the movie where she's walking across the restaurant to Carol. Like those are the points where you really feel like the two of them just like really coming together in a way. Totally, God, and that yeah, I mean that. 
that sex scene is is like just like one of the great love scenes like removing all of my biases towards carol it's just like that is such like mm-hmm. a feat of filmmaking it is like makes like their bodies both look like they are like the size of like mountains like the scale of everything is so insane and like how long the tracking shots are it's just it's so gorgeous <laughs> the long shots of this movie are so good oh my god There's so many long takes <sighs> yeah I, i've said this before in the podcast but I, one of my favorite things about this the, the lovemaking scene is carol says the line again flung out of space and i feel like other movies would have just cut there but todd haynes just goes back in and he's another like three minutes of lovemaking I mean, it's it's kind of shameless. Like it's it's a little like like yeah. directly on the nose, but it just mm-hmm. it it works because it's Kate Blanchett. You know, you're just like, yeah, of yes. course, you reprise your big line during the love scene. Of course, it's perfect. Yeah. So, fun fact you may not know that. So, um, April seventeenth is the day we call Carol Day now because it is Rudy Mara's birthday. It is the day. Oh it is also God. the day in the movie. That they that they meet in the in the restaurant scene that bookends the movie. Carol asks her to meet her meet Therese on April seventeenth, and April seventeenth was also the day that they shot the lovemaking scene, um, during the during day. Filming. So the, it is all three things. The, the actual day that they shot the calendar day, yes. So yes. Remar got to shoot a love scene with Kate Blanchett on on her birthday. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Wow. I'm not. I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. Carol Day is full of surprises. <laughs> It's so true. <laughs> so true. Have you ever been approached or asked, or maybe maybe Charlie Bliss has been approached to ask to do um, scoring for like a TV show or a movie or something like that? We've definitely um, been asked to contribute music, pre-existing or otherwise. And I'm actually right now uh, working with Sam and Charlie Bliss to uh, score a, a podcast. And it's been like oh, really cool. one of the more fulfilling experiences of, of my professional career. It's like really such a, such a fantastic thing to do. That's awesome. So do they, do they give you like a brief on the podcast? Do you, do you have audio? Um, is it just themes? How, how are you, how, like, can you walk us through what the, the creative process for that looks like? Totally. It's, it's so interesting because I feel like when you're scoring like a film, you are playing directly to the narrative and you can kind of really use those emotional beats as sort of like guidelines for what you should be doing as a composer and 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 that dictates so clearly what the music should sound like but when you're working with nonfiction and when you're working with somebody who is like telling their story and telling like explaining their narrative in sort of like you know painstaking depth and and really diving into everything it just it's it's just different like the the gravity of it all is just changes and it's more it's it's less about dictating a mood and more about providing stable ground for the mood to 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 flourish and to you know resonate um and i thought it was going to be much different than it was it's it's been so much more about sort of like a lesson in intuitive music making than it is emotional music making if that makes sense yeah cuz you don't want to like manipulate facts with emotions kind of or exactly you don't want to color things in more than the person who is writing the podcast or, or writing the story, whatever you want to call it, is, is already doing. And in a way that sort of cheapens the story um, in, in mm-hmm. this medium. Um, so it really is just about like support, sort of falling into the background and just providing, you know, an infrastructure for everything. That's really interesting. Cause yeah, that's like how mu- music can be used to manipulate how we feel about things. That's like how music works. And like, 
in a sense of propaganda or whatever, like they, it really is very effective at changing the way you think about certain facts, depending on what what scene you might put under one thing or another. That's really interesting. I've thought about. Yeah, I'm curious when you're when you're writing songs, um, either either for that or for for Charlie Bliss, um, or anything else you work on. Do you ever try to tap into like a Carol energy, maybe a Carol and Therese energy, <laughs> uh, like a Therese sense of wonder, maybe just like an Abby don't take no shit oh, energy? Oh my god, the idea of tapping into a Therese sense of wonder before engaging in any <laughs> creative activity is such a beautiful notion, and you know I haven't. <laughs> but that's going to the top of the to-do list. That is that is such a, a beautiful thought, <laughs> and 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 a sense of of a sense of Roberta disdain. Oh, God! We could just um, rename all emotions after after Carol characters. Yes. Um. Sp- speaking of, I I'm curious what you thought of. I guess it's more of a glorified cameo at this point. Um. Carrie Brownstein showing up at the end of the movie. Okay. So I, I said before that I approve of just about every facet of Carol. Um, I, I just am so confused. It's like, it's like more of a jump scare than anything. Uh, <laughs> she's just like, this there. is what we've like been the, saying. We, we've been she's saying like the along. Babadook at the end of the fucking hallway with no introduction <laughs> at all. I, I just, I want yeah. like, I'm so here for the idea of Carrie Brownstein in Carol. But then there's that she's just she's yes. just there. Yes. Modern ass Portlandius leader Kenny Carrie Brownstein <laughs> yeah. just standing there. Yeah, it's like Carrie Brownstein in a Halloween costume. That's what it feels like. <laughs> uh, it's very strange. I do like you saying it's like a jump scare because it is like the reveal is very strange. <laughs> it's like it's supposed to be a really big deal that she's there, but we don't there's no context for what this means other than we know that carrie brownstein is gay so it's a big deal for us yeah. i guess but like yeah, that, is, okay. that is one of our favorite casting decisions it's just bad i'm like i'm sure you have to imagine that like carrie brownstein had a larger role that got like cut down i would have to imagine that that mm-hmm. was not the intent to cast carrie yeah. brownstein as a as like a paranormal activity jump scare i can actually tell you about it if you'd like to know oh i would love to know <laughs> So she was playing a character named Genevieve, who's also in the book. Um, she shows up to the party and is and 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 the conversation that she has with Therese is longer. And she 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 indicates to Therese that she is also queer and invites Therese to the second location party at her apartment, which is like, you know, a little more intimate, a little more only only certain people are getting invited. Therese Therese goes to Genevieve's apartment. And um, on the street corner, she she looks up at the window and she sees in the window Genevieve kissing another woman. And seeing that is what de- is, makes her decide to go back with Carol. And so you can actually see it in the movie. After Therese leaves the party, the next cut, it cuts to a scene of her standing on the street looking up. That was her looking up at Genevieve's apartment window. Apparently this all got shot and, and all of it got edited out. But... That that is absolutely what what hap- what is supposed to happen in in with Genevieve and Carrie Brownstein. Okay, this is this is this is huge. <laughs> I am. It's gonna take me months to process this. Okay, H- how how do you two feel? We'll still be making the podcast. But you can yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 We we can check back in. I'll circle back. Uh, how do how do the two of you feel about that being cut from the movie? 
I think it's fine. I think ultimately the point of Carrie Brownstein's character is for us to go like, okay, Therese knows she has other gay options and she oh, knows okay. that she doesn't, if she wants to be gay, Carol is not the only choice, but she's like, mm. actually, I've met another lesbian and it turns out I want Carol. Um, not just oh. Carol is the only thing I can have if I want to be gay. That's what okay. I think. And I don't think you need the whole thing for that. Yeah. I agree. I think, I feel like in the, through the course of the movie, she sees the lesbians in the record store and and so part of her is like oh those are like the very stereotypical that's what i expect a lesbian to look like um but at the same time she but at the same time she doesn't really understand like she's trying to understand am i am i gay am i only just attracted to carol um what what is my identity i see all right this is yeah this is this is all huge this is this is a revelation (laughs) yeah i mean along those lines i feel like we are the two most like authoritative people outside of Kate Blanchett or Todd Haynes that you could talk to about the movie. Is there anything <laughs> yeah. else you want to know about? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's, let's talk Harge. Harge S. Aired. Harge S. Aired. Harge Aired. Harge Aired. It sounds like you're saying a word backwards. Harge Aired. <laughs> like it does, it's, it's an insane first and last name choice. Just like almost all vowels, like a scant consonants in, in, mm-hmm. in that first mm-hmm. and last name. And I, I really, he, he inspires such visceral hate from me. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He has a sister named Marge. Did you pick that up on your fifth or seventh? <laughs> Wait, day? are you serious? marge Yes, we're very serious. In the scene where... marge um, Yes, uh, yes. So in the scene where Carol is, e- Carol's having dinner with um, um, Harge and his parents towards the end of the movie, she, she says... She, she says, I thought Marge would be back with Rindy soon. And so it's Harge and Marge. Bad stuff. It's a bad family. Harge comes from a bad family. He can't help it. Yeah. This is in the same camp as Danny's brother. Just like this like slapstick punchline <gasps> in this like gorgeous movie. I, I have no words. <laughs> yeah. The 50s, you know. Different time. Absolutely. <laughs> would you want to, I mean, so Harge is, he's not a great guy. But would you do you like the fashion in the film? Would you like to dress up like any of these people? Oh wow, I have yeah. There's mm-hmm. so much yeah. to be said about the men's fashion in this movie. Um, Harge and Richard, I feel like they're both played by you know very classically handsome men, right? And I think from the neck up, they deliver for sure. They look like classic '50s leading men, but from the neck down, they're just like these giant cardboard boxes. Like, I don't know who they <laughs> made angry in wardrobe to put them in these, the maybe some of the worst fitting jackets, I think, that have ever graced the the screen. It's mm-hmm. it's baffling. Richard in that trench coat with that has the belt on it. Like, he looks like he's wearing like a Superman costume underneath the jacket. Absolutely. We call him Triangle Man. Yes. I could not have said it better myself. <laughs> um, so, uh, but before we let you go, do you do you have a favorite line from Carol that you love? Mm, goodness, I mean, I I think <laughs> the one that the one that really stuck with me this time was what does the hotel person say like? I'm not a clock. Or like, what do I look like? A clock? I ain't a clock, lady. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
it's not my favorite line, but it just like it. it she is she's not, so in amazing. fact, a clock lady. <laughs> <laughs> For your next watch, you should absolutely notice that she's still wearing her New Year's party hat in that yeah, scene I as did, well. I did notice that. I think this time around, I just like I was really <gasps> picking up on the the like the silly elements of Carol that sort of like slipped through the cracks. And uh, God, Clock Lady really was uh, spe special this time around for sure. Really, absolutely, good. yeah. No, uh, amazing. Um, what what should people know about you and how to find you and what to do uh, if they if they're not already following everything you do, Spencer? Um, I would say definitely go follow Charlie Bliss on Twitter and Instagram. Um, we also have a Patreon, and there will certainly be new music coming at you real soon oh hopefully I, I i am so ready um Aww. yeah and check out their albums um guppy and young enough which are both incredible awesome anthemic pop and rock music oh thank you so much all right we usually end our show with a quote i will say i will say we have used um i think we've used the iana clock lady have we used the iana clock lady yeah we used it for paul oh that's right that's right um <laughs> yeah so so I'm trying to think. Is maybe, there... maybe my kid brother. Oh, my please. kid, my kid brother, the Drick philosopher. Absolutely. Let's 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 end it there. Um. So as we always say to end the show, <laughs> my kid brother, the jerk philosopher. <laughs> my kid brother, the jerk philosopher. <laughs> Spencer, you want to get in there? Oh. My kid brother, the jerk philosopher. Yay! Yay. Thank you, Spencer. <laughs> The Best Idea of All Time is hosted by Laser and Alice. The show is produced by me, Alice, and you can find out more about us at our website, bestidea.gay, or buy merchandise from the show at alice.deals bestidea. Our theme song is the jazz standard Easy Livin', as performed by Flowerlinks. Find more information about them in our show notes. You can leave a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Please tell your friends about this show. Especially if you're friends with Angel Olsen. I saw on concert last night and was really fucking hot. Also, we got Spencer from Charlie Bliss on this show, so anything's possible, I guess. 